The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Today's message is pre-recorded. We will not be taking phone calls today. I'm Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to go into very deep water. For many years, I would pray, and then all I could do is hope. Hope that God would answer my prayer. Most times, it seemed that God chose not to answer my prayer. And then I heard this strange saying, the Lord will say, yes, no, or wait. And that seemed to be a comfortable covering to put over prayer so that whatever the outcome was, I knew that God had answered my prayer. But it also seemed to me that that was letting God off the hook. And I came to a place in my life where I could no longer let God off the hook. I could no longer pray and hope. I came to a place where I wanted to be able to pray and know, absolutely know that God would answer my prayer. So today let's talk about hope versus assurance. What are the principles that we're dealing with here that outline for us either a way that we know that God will answer or that we're simply supposed to hope that God will answer? Part of it has to do with knowing what God's will is with a certainty. I want to read a passage of Scripture and speak about that briefly, and then we're going to dive into Reese Howell's Intercessor by Norman Grubb, because he was a mature man in faith. I'm not a mature man in faith yet. I'm praying. I'm praying through. But I've learned that the secret is not the praying or the praying through. The secret is knowing the will of God and coming into agreement with that will of God. Let me read this scripture for you. Romans, the 12th chapter. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So he's saying there is a position that you can take before God that will allow you to test and know what the will of God is. 
Now, he says before you can do that, there has to be a transformation and a renewing of your mind. And that word transformation in the Greek is literally metamorphosis. In other words, to appear as a new person with new habits, new worship, new service, a new person. A radical change through and through, a complete change, both outward and inward. That's a metamorphosis. We use it of a monarch butterfly butterfly that forms a chrysalis. Many times as a child, I'd go out searching in the milkweed for that worm or that chrysalis. If I found a worm, I would bring in fresh milkweed leaves every day and put in the aquarium the land aquarium where he could eat all he wanted of that milkweed until he was ready to form the chrysalis. And then that beautiful green glistening green chrysalis with little gold dots around the top. And I would wait eagerly day after day watching that chrysalis waiting for the butterfly to come out. There would be a total change from that green butterfly or that green worm into a beautiful monarch butterfly with its orange and black wings. What a beauty it was watching it come forth from that chrysalis. He's saying this is the change process that must happen in us if we are going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. That metamorphosis does not happen until we offer our bodies as living sacrifices. I'll speak more about this at the end of the broadcast. But now let's read what the writer, uh, Norman Grubb, has to say about Reese Howell's intercessor. And by the way, you can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. We're streaming there live right now. Yesterday's a video broadcast is available for you. You're welcome to go and make use of all the resources that are there. They're free of charge. And you're welcome to, to watch and to listen. This chapter is chapter 35 entitled The Battle of Britain. The next battle of intercession was over the air raids and the crisis of the Battle of Britain. When Goring made his great attempt to gain mastery of the air in preparation for the invasion of England. In each of these vital matters, nothing was left a chance or a shot in the dark type of praying. Everything was examined in God's presence. Motives were sifted until the Holy Spirit could show his servant intelligently that there was an undeniable claim for prayer to be answered. Then faith would stand to the claim and lay hold of the victory, and there would be no rest until he had God's own assurance that faith had prevailed and the victory was certain. It was not just praying and then hoping for an answer. I want you to look with me again at this. Everything was examined in God's presence 
and motives were sifted until the Holy Spirit could show his servant intelligently that there was an undeniable claim for prayer to be answered. I'm doing that right now with this radio broadcast. I know the Lord sent me to this radio broadcast. The fact that there is a lack of financial reserve does not indicate that it's God's will that we go off the air. And so the rest of today and tomorrow, I'm going to be in deep prayer, examining every motive and asking the Lord what his will is. I know it is never a money problem. I know it is always a question of what is the will of God. I know that it was the will of God for me to come and do this radio broadcast. Now I have to find out if it's God's will to continue or to discontinue this radio broadcast. I had felt certain that it was God's will that we close this radio broadcast and wait on him for FM. However, some things have changed. And now I'm asking the Lord once more, be clear with me. It's not because I'm tired, because God gives me rest. It cannot be because there's a lack of money. If God says go forward, he will provide the money. You see, this battle of intercession is not a shot-in-the-dark type of praying. It's being very clear. It's asking God. And then it's walking by faith in that asking. Now, I do confess, there has not been a large response to this radio broadcast. I have not seen very many people come to the National Prayer Chapel. And part of my cry before God is, is this radio broadcast worthwhile? There's not much response. Does that mean there are not many listening? Or does that mean that the broadcast has seemed so strange to so many that you have just been searching your heart and trying to examine your mind and your life and to determine whether or not you would surrender to the will of God. I thought I was clear that I was to go off the air. Now I'm having to re-examine that in the light of some events of this day. These are not easy questions for me to answer because I have to get the absolute will of God. I can't simply shoot a shotgun prayer toward heaven, conjure up faith and say, God wants me to continue without an intellectual, clear understanding from God about what his direction is. Was God in what happened today? Or was that someone's flesh? I don't have an answer yet. I have to go to the Lord and get that answer. 
But you see, if there is not much of a response, if the money is not there, if the work is not being effectual, then Lord, do you really want this work to continue? And I'm prepared to simply withdraw and go back to the prayer closet and wait before God and trust in him until he gives me direction for the next step. Or I'm willing to stay on the air if the Lord says to stay. So I'm opening the windows of heaven. Would you join me in crying out to God regarding what he wants? Are you mature enough in Jesus Christ to be able to intercede? Are you able to get beyond your own feelings and your own needs and your own finances and get a hold of God? That's what I have to do. And lay aside all personal preference. Lay aside what people may think. Lay aside any fear of failure. And say, Lord, what do you want? Now let's go to our reading on September 2, 1940. Reese Howell said, I want to see if we have a claim to be free from care when these planes are around. He's referring to the German bombers. We ran to stand in the breach to save the Jewish children from Hitler when he was throwing them out. Can we now claim protection for all the missionaries' children? Unless my faith is equal to the occasion for protection, I should bring every one of the children up to the shelter tonight, and I should be there with them. They had a bomb shelter at the college. Must we have fear because others have fear? If I trusted God to bring these properties into being, am I going to trust God to protect them? I want you to get a foundation for this trust. We need a real foundation for our faith in the case the raids will last for months. Can we trust him for the impossible in this, the same as in finance? I have prayed through for finances for the National Prayer Chapel, and I stand by faith for my personal needs to be met, and I stand by faith for the needs of the prayer chapel to be met. He has told me, I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. He said this to me audibly. He said, will you receive only from my hand what I choose to give you? The answer is yes, I will do that. And I have now for many years. But now the question comes, is there a foundation for faith for this radio broadcast? Or is it God's will that I go off the air? That's what I'm faced with. I cannot continue this radio broadcast without a foundation of faith to go forward with it. 
that will be the criteria for whether this radio broadcast continues or whether I go off the air. If I cannot find a foundation in faith for moving forward, then I will not move forward. I hope you see these are not easy questions, but I'm, I'm exposing all of this because I want you to see that I too walk like Reese Howells walked. I would never go in debt. I would never go in debt to purchase a church building. I simply wouldn't do it. Why would I go to Pharaoh when I serve the living God of heaven who has all of the money? I couldn't do that. Some can do that. Some have been instructed by the Lord to go, as Reese Howells was, and borrow the money against the estate that he purchased, and then to stand by faith each month for the payment to be made on that. He can do that if he has a foundation of faith on which to stand. The Lord has very specifically told me, don't do this. It's for that reason that I don't have my own car. I could go to the car dealership and I could get a loan and I could purchase the car. But instead, the Lord said, only receive from my hand what I choose to give you. Right now, he has chosen to give me a Honda that gets wonderful gas mileage that is a loner car from a dear friend. So I drive that borrowed car because that's what the Lord has chosen to give me now. While I could go in my own strength to the dealership and purchase a beautiful new car and then make a monthly payment. The Lord will not allow me to do that. I have no foundation of faith to borrow money to buy a car. Likewise, for this broadcast, the Lord has told me that I must pay on the first of every month. I cannot borrow money to pay for this broadcast. The Lord must give it to me the first of the month, or I cannot move forward. Now this month, much to my consternation, I have not been able to do this. Now I had to give a 30-day notice. So that has put me in crisis. But by the grace of God, he's opened the windows of heaven. And I will bring a check tomorrow to pay for the entire month of October with nothing toward November. So, you see, I need a foundation of faith from which to operate to move forward. I'm trying to open this for you to ask you how are you operating in your life? Do you have a foundation of faith regarding your children and their salvation? Do you have a foundation of faith regarding the marriage that you desire or toward that unsaved wife or husband? Have you prayed through and received from God a foundation of faith upon which to stand for the answer to your prayer? Now, I have prayed through asking God 
to give me another partner to walk with me as my wife in this journey of faith that I'm engaged in. And the Lord has answered me, and he has said yes, and he has given me a foundation of faith upon which to stand, so that I no longer pray for a wife, I rather lift up my hands and praise God that he will, in his grace and in his mercy, bring to me the person he has chosen to walk with me on the last part of my journey on this narrow path toward the celestial city. He has likewise given me a foundation of faith for the finances for the National Prayer Chapel. He has given me a foundation of faith for my own personal expenses. But he has not given me yet a foundation of faith to continue in this broadcast. I'm trying to be plain with this so that you can follow my example. You can follow the example of Reese Howells and understand that you must be totally given into the hand of Jesus with everything surrendered to him in order to be able to gain a foundation of faith upon which to stand. Some would call it, in John 15, a place of abiding in Jesus upon which you have a firm foundation Many of you have no clue about what I'm speaking because you've always gone by open and closed doors. I don't do that. I don't operate on closed and open doors because Satan can open and close doors. I go based on a foundation of faith received in the spirit and in the physical realm by the living God of heaven, when he says, now here is the foundation of faith, stand and don't be moved. So that's where I stand. And I need a foundation of faith if I'm to continue in this broadcast. September 4. I'm sorry, September 3. After a heavy raid, this is 1940 in England, in Wales. After a heavy raid in the night, the Lord took me uptown to see about 200,000 pounds worth of property on the ground. I thought, was it worth taking an estate if this is what is to happen? Is it worth carrying a burden and agonizing for the sake of the kingdom? I saw what these properties will be, and thus God protects them. I found myself praying for the town as much as I had prayed for the college that night before. September 4, the situation in the country because of the air raids may become very serious. We have never talked or we've never walked this way before. The important thing is to find out where God is in this. That's the foundation of faith I'm speaking to you of. When you are in danger every night, it takes you a long time to be sure that you are under God's protection. Can you say you are safe in the air raids? Has God told you? You may try to use the word of God without having his power behind it. If God is going to deliver from this hell there will have to be some power released. Unless you are sure of your own victory, 
you will never be able to pray for the deliverance of the country. We have bound the devil over and over again. I hope we shall do it again when God's time comes in this war. September 7, 1940. How many people have been moved by the affliction of these air raids? If you can believe that you have been delivered from hell, why can't you believe that you have been delivered from air raids? I've always found something that has given me joy all day long, and my joy today is that we have God's protection. But unless we are really trusting him, where does the praise come in? This peace the Savior gives is not an artificial one. It is so deep that even the devil can't disturb it. You can't hear things in the Spirit while you have any turmoil or fear in you. You can't take a shade of fear into the presence of God. Now, let me get right to the bottom of this issue. Do you hope that you are saved? Or do you have an absolute foundation of faith? Because God has told you personally, God has told you personally that you are saved. Do you have a foundation of faith for your future and eternity? Or are you still hoping that God will save you? Are you still reading the scriptures and saying, it says here that God will do this. I hope God will do this for me. Or are you speaking I know I'm saved because you have some theological understanding, but you have no personal assurance that you are saved. I speak to you today with absolute assurance that I am saved. God has spoken to me and said, I have redeemed you. I walk now without walking in rebellion against the Most High. There is peace and joy in my heart. This is a place that is for each of us to come into. But if you have not received the foundation of faith in the salvation of your soul, then all you can do is hope that Jesus will save you. That is not where I can afford to live. If I bring that fear and unbelief into the presence of God, I cannot test and approve and know the will of God. Our phone number in studio is 877-534-0780. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this, you're welcome to call. 877 877- Five three four zero seven eight zero. Have you joined the battle for faith to gain a foundation of faith in your life? Or are you just hoping, wishing, wishful thinking, hopeful thinking will not take you to heaven. It will let you go to hell. You see, until you have a foundation of faith in your personal life, How can you have a foundation of faith for the finances to take care of you? How can you have a foundation of faith to say, Pastor Ray, the God of heaven has spoken to me regarding radio, and this is what this is what I've heard. How can you say that if you have no foundation of faith in your life for your salvation? 
Do you see what the issues are? These are very serious issues. You see, this walk with Jesus is not a make-believe walk. This is not some self-improvement scheme. This is not a theological scheme. This is not a trusting and hopeful scheme. This is absolute faith must grab a hold, and you must know that your salvation is assured because you're walking clean before God, and he has spoken to your heart, and he has said, I have redeemed you. You belong to me. Do you have that in your heart? 877-534-0780. Don't disappoint me today. Call and be vulnerable. Talk about what God is doing in your heart. If you don't have that assurance of faith, call and say, I don't have that assurance of faith. I need that in my life. Pastor, will you pray with me? And yes, I'll pray with you. 877-534-0780. September 8, 9 a.m. National Day of Prayer. Our country has only the outward form of religion, neither cold nor hot, like the church at Laodicea. May God bring the nation back. Our one cause for praise is that the enemy has not been able to invade our country. At the midday service, just as Reese Howells began to speak, the Nazi planes passed overhead. The guns in the field below crashed out. The sirens sounded. But he went on with his message, and the congregation was held spellbound. It was at this point that the burden of prayer for protection and the questionings of the past few days changed into praise and certainty. Full assurance of victory was given, and it rings out in Reese Howell's words. What victory? Those who are in the Spirit see it as victory because he has found believing in us. What joy, what praise. God would probably not give faith for victory in the war until personal victory was first gained. The all clear sounded as the service finished. They sang in closing, death is vanquished. Tell it with joy, ye faithful. In the afternoon meeting of the same day, he said, I could now put it in print that no devil can touch anyone here. There's no need to pray anymore. When you believe, you finish with prayer. We have never been in such victory before, carrying on exactly as if there were no war. How could we get victory for the world unless we first believed it for ourselves? You can't trust in anything except believing prayer. How the Holy Ghost came down this morning in the communion service and told us of his victory. September 9, 1940. The Holy Spirit is found faithful, equal to what he wants to do. Take care, you who are believing. Believing is the most delicate thing you can think of. It's like a vapor. You can easily miss it. 
The victory happened yesterday morning, and if you didn't see it, you may never see it. From this time on, he can guide this battle, but he couldn't do it before without faith. I want to stop a minute and address this question of of faith being like a vapor. Believing is like that. It's the still, quiet voice of God that comes, and he speaks to us. And if we miss it, we miss it. He doesn't come with loud clanging. He comes with quiet, inner assurance and absolute confidence. Betty, welcome. What would you like to share? Um, Thank you, Ray. Um, I will not talk too much, but I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. One, I just wanted to say that this program has had a tremendous impact in my life. Um, You know, with with the knowledge about knowing... um, exactly how I should be as a Christian. Um, especially a couple of things that you said in the past. One time you were talking to a gentleman and you told him that in order for you to have the Lord to, to listen or to hear you, you have to pray a consistent righteous prayer. So I took that note. Um, so I have been trying to do that. Um, but I guess my question is, I wanted to know, I believe that I am saved, but as you've been talking the last couple of minutes, I start asking myself, well, am I really, especially when you know that you're praying about something and um, you're not sure if, if it has been happening. With me, I've been praying for the salvation of my husband and my family members and, my fu- and, my, and the future of my children. Um, and I've been just resting upon knowing that um, God works in his own way and in his own time. Um, not necessarily how I want it or when I want it. So, but now that you are talking, I'm, I am starting to think that, well, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe it's not happening because maybe I'm doing something wrong. So um, I feel bad about that. And then yesterday, um, after your um, your program, I actually wanted to call, but I, I kind of got scared. But I was very restless um, yesterday as you were talking about America entering into a dark age. And I spent the rest of the day mostly um, in praying, in, in prayers. Um, I, cause I've, since I've gotten to know your program, I, I've been praying for for your um, for your church, for your life, because you're impacting our lives. And I think a lot of people need to hear exactly what you're saying because it seems true and it's it's sharp and it it, 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 it you know it's it's convicting and that's what we need. I don't necessarily need a feel good gospel. I need to know the truth and how I should move. So um, you know, I get scared, you know, I get confused because I'm thinking, what if Christ comes tomorrow? It's not so much for me, but for my family members, I'm very scared. Um, so I'm scared for for America. I'm scared for, you know, pretty much everything. So, um, I, I, so I just wanted to let you know about that. Um, Betty, yeah, that's it. Betty, I want to talk with you about this. Again, remember I gave you Romans 8. Yes. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So there's only one issue that I would ask you to examine carefully in your prayer closet with Jesus. Is there any area of your heart where you are still walking in rebellion against him? If there is not, 
then stand by faith because and ask him to give the assurance in your heart of your salvation. Now, that assurance will not come if you have if you have anyone you have still held anger in your heart against and you have not forgiven. Okay, I don't have any like that. Or if there is anyone you have hurt and you have not made restitution. Okay. If you're clear on both of those accounts and if there is no area of your heart that has been withheld from Jesus knowingly, then... Ask Jesus to give you the absolute assurance in your spirit with peace and joy that you are saved. And he will give you that assurance. Amen. Now, now in terms of your family, do not pray simply hoping that God will answer your prayer. Okay. We already know from scripture that it is God's will to save the lost. That's what I've been standing on all these years. So go boldly to God and ask him to give you a time frame for when your husband will be saved. And pray and stand by faith and say, Lord, I have to have my husband with me in heaven. And plead before God that he would change your husband's heart, not by your words, but simply by your consistent love and service to him and to the children and cry out to God and ask God, because you see in this whole equation I'm speaking about, there has to come the power of God into that equation or nothing will change. And so when you ask God for that foundation to stand upon, it's his assurance that he gives you that your husband is saved and you have a right to ask him by what date will he be saved. Okay. And okay. cry out to God and stand by faith until he gives you that time frame. Okay. Now he may say to you, I'm sorry, my daughter, I don't want to give you that time frame. Okay. Usually he will not do that. Usually he will give you a time and the Holy Spirit's power will come in and that man will be changed. So take your faith before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want to hope my husband will be changed and will be tr- will be converted. I must know that he will be converted. Okay. And I must know that he will accept you, Jesus. Okay. And when he gives you that assurance, from then on, you no longer need to pray for your husband. You need to simply stand with hands lifted up, praising Jesus, knowing that the word has come forth. The foundation is there. You stand by faith and it's done. Okay. And don't waver in your faith. I will not. Is that helpful? Yes, very, very much. That makes a better sense to me now. Okay. Um, Yes. Thank you very, very much. Let me let me pray with you, Betty. Thank you. Lord, I come into agreement with Betty right now regarding her husband. Lord, you said where two or three are gathered, there you are. I know you're with us right now. I sent your presence with us right now. Thank you. I'm asking now, Lord, would you give Betty the absolute assurance that her husband will be saved? 
And would you give her a date that she can stand upon, knowing that you will answer the cry, you will intervene in his life, and you will change his heart? Lord, I'm standing by faith that you will answer Betty's prayer. And Lord, if there's any area that is yet withheld from you in Betty's heart and life, would you make that plain to her? Would you melt her down in your spirit? Would you plow up any rocky ground in her heart? And would you draw her into your heart in such power and such authority that she could come and pray and have her prayer answered for her husband and her children? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank you, Betty. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Our phone number is 877-534-0780. The phone lines are open. Is what I'm sharing with you helpful? Is it strange? Do you understand these things? Are you are you able to grasp a foundation of faith for your own salvation? Are you able to grasp a foundation of faith for the salvation of your wife or your husband or for that marriage partner that God has promised you? Can you grab a hold of that foundation of faith for your finances? Can you join me and ask God to give us a foundation of faith for whether this broadcast should continue or not? There it is before you. What will you do? Our phone number is 877-534-0780. My name is Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. You're welcome to come and worship with us on Sunday. The meeting starts, the worship service starts at 12.30 p.m. at the All Saints Anglican Church, located right next to the Hilton Memorial Chapel on Gideon Drive. 12.30. I know many of you need to be there. And I would urge you, don't let anything turn you aside. If you want to learn how to walk by faith and you want to learn how to have an assurance of salvation in your heart and you want to walk under the direction of the Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come. We are not a lukewarm church. We're a church on fire. We're a church that stands by faith. We're not going to waver. We're not going to water down the word of God. We're going to say it straight and clean and clear. Is this what your heart desires? If so, come 1230 Sunday afternoon, All Saints Anglican Church. We rent from them. They're wonderful people. Pastor Dan would welcome you in his congregation as well. Or St. Margaret's is another wonderful Anglican church. We're a non-denominational church at the National Prayer Chapel. But the three churches have been bound together in the spirit. And I praise God for this gift. So if you'd like to come to the National Prayer Chapel, come 1230 Sunday afternoon at the All, at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. 
You're also welcome to go to nationalprayerchapel.com, and there you'll find a map quest giving specific directions to come to the prayer chapel. You'll also find streaming videos and also audio that you can download free of charge in podcast form, MP3s. You're welcome to download those free of charge. Now let's come back to our reading. September 9. September 9, 1940. The Holy Ghost has found faith equal to what he wants to do. Take care you are believing. Believing is the most delicate thing you can think of. You see, I know this is true because the foundation of faith that God is calling me to requires belief. And God doesn't come with drums and and trumpets. He comes in a still small voice. And you have to hear him. And then stand by faith for what he said. What if millions of prayers went up on the day of prayer and no one had believed? After the victory of Sunday, there's great liberty to pray that God will really deal with the devil in the Nazis and put an end to this wicked system. Our prayer for London is that God will turn the tide now and save life. No doubt the enemy is pouring scorn on last Sunday's National Day of Prayer. September 11, 1940, with the Battle of Britain over London and the south of England at its fierce. There have been so many places bombed in London. Even Buckingham Palace has been touched. I was burdened to pray for the king and the queen. I believe our prayers will be answered. I'm just watching how God will take a hold of the enemy. September 12. We prayed last night that London would be defended and that the enemy would fail to break through and God answered prayer. Unless God can get a hold of this devil and bind him, no man is safe. If we have protection for our own properties, why not get protection for the country? What wonderful days these are. You know, I read this, tears come to my eyes because this band of praying believers could go beyond themselves and they could begin to pray for their nation and their prayers were heard in the heavenly realm and God answered their prayers for their nation God could never have answered their prayers for the nation if he had not first given them an assurance of salvation. God could never have answered the prayers for the nation 
if they had held sin in their hearts, if they were walking in rebellion. I just was told about a a national ministry that does a newsletter, and in the latest newsletter, the pastor writes that in the New Covenant, there are no demands that we must meet beyond simply believing in Jesus. This man has been utterly deceived. There is the demand that we be crucified. There is the demand that we be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. All of these things are done by the Lord, but there is a demand that we lay our lives down, that self be put to death. There are many, many demands that the gospel makes on us. It's not simply a matter of saying, oh, I believe the theology and I claim Jesus as my Savior and I'm on my way to heaven. What utter, utter foolishness. Have you met the demands of the gospel and do you have a foundation of faith upon which to make your stand? I'm Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Our phone number is 877-534-0780. Hello, Earlette. Welcome. What would you like to share? Hi, Pastor Ray. I just wanted to uh, give a call and say thank you so much for the broadcast yesterday. I know, uh, you know, I don't want to sound incidental, but I just thought, Pastor Ray, preach it. Yes. <laughs> you were saying it with courage and tenacity, like Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul. Yes. And it needs to be said. And I got a text from my friend in New York, and it's a mess up there. She's at a hospital, and she's even been canceled for work, you know? So anyhow, and that ties in with what you were mentioning yesterday. Yes. Yes. And um, just, I... Um, Sorry and disappointed we won't be hearing you. I can't imagine 1 o'clock without it. I have texts and told other people, you know, to listen um, at any rate. But I just wanted to let you know, thanks for teaching us. We're getting it. And as far as the book is concerned, now it finally is coming. You know, it, the pieces of the puzzle are fitting all the way up to 1938. Yes. When my parents were born. And here, look, he was travailing for the war. He was travailing in World War II. Yes. And it was so important and meaningful. He was given the privilege of interceding for the nation. That's right. And Earlette, we have to win that place of intercession with the Lord that we too will be ready as this battle is coming, is even upon us now. It is. That we could pray for our nation and God would answer our prayers. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And not just hope he'll answer, but know that he will answer. Right. Stand on the word in unity together. And know without question that we've taken that place of intercession and it's been granted by the Lord. Yes. Taking our place. Yes. And circles are important. And we were in a small group on, on after service and we were touching each other and holding hands and we were in a small circle, only three of us. But the Holy Spirit met us there. Yes. Yes. That's what's required to lay our lives down for this nation in prayer. Mm-hmm. With weapons of the Spirit. Right. Right. We're getting it, Pastor Ray. Keep speaking it, whether you go on AM or not. 
Are you able to still uh, do the streaming at at one or or not? Uh, you know how you do at one o'clock. Will, yes. Will that still go on? Uh, hopefully, if I go off air in the office, I'll be able to continue doing live streaming broadcasts. Oh, good. Right now, I'm asking the Lord for a final foundation to either say leave the air or stay. Uh-huh. And just pray for me that I'll make that decision according to the will of God. Okay, I'll lift that up. All right. God bless you, Earlette. Thank God you. God bless you. God bless you forever. Bye-bye. Mighty God of heaven, we need a foundation of faith upon which to stand for our nation. Lord, I plead today for America. I plead for your people across this great land. Lord, darkness has already swept in upon us until things are barely visible. Lord, I pray for the light of the gospel to break once more in America, that you would close the mouths of the lying prophets and that you would lift up a standard of righteousness in this land. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.